Our scripture lesson this morning is from the letter of James. It's one that we don't hear too often, but it's from the second chapter of James. It says, My brethren, show no partiality as you hold forth the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man with gold rings and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a man in shabby clothing also comes in, and you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, Here, have a seat of honor, while you say to the poor man, Stand there or sit at my feet. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brethren, has not God chosen those who were poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised? But you have dishonored the poor man. Is it not the rich who oppress you? Is it not they who drag you into court? It is not they who blaspheme the honorable name by which you are called. If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, and then you do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails at one point has become guilty of all of it. For he said, do not commit adultery, and said also, do not kill. If you do not commit adultery, but do kill, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy, yet mercy triumphs over judgment. Well, dear friends in Christ, faith, grace, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord, and from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This is kind of Christianity 101, and I think all of us would ascribe to it, and yet I think very few of us actually carry this out in our own lives. I know I don't. You know, I tend to really treat those who have wealth and influence, I treat them with a little more respect than I do a beggar who comes up to me on the street. In fact, to be honest, I may treat them with a lot more respect because we live in a society that really honors wealth and position and achievement and most of all, winning. And winning in most of our culture means driving a big car, having a big house, having a job that involves very little work but a very great amount of salary. Winning means being respected by your peers, by what you have, not by who you are. Now, I think all of us know very wealthy, very powerful people who are deeply humble and who are deeply good people. I mean, it's not that you can't be a good person and also be a wealthy person, but it's harder. It really is because we look at ourselves the same way. I look at everything I have and I have a lot. I spent 30 some years working in a rescue mission and I learned with all the homeless people I saw over those years, I am totally richly blessed in everything that I have, but I like to convince myself that I earned it. And because I earned it, I don't want anybody to take it away from me. And if I give to the poor, I want to do it to people who are worthy of the poor. So I'm just like everyone else in this respect. I tend to count out to the rich. I tend to look down a little bit on the poor, even if I'm reaching out my hand to help them. That's what James is talking about. And what he's saying is, do the poor really hurt you? Have the poor really done anything bad to you? 
compared to those who really kind of can trample over you at will? He says, no. Then he goes on to say this very strange but very true thing. James says, you know, when God counts iniquities, he counts them all. But the one that he seems to count a lot is be merciful. Because he says, if you live up to all the tenets of God's law, except for maybe one or two, but you're judgmental of others, those one or two are going to stick out. Whereas if you're compassionate to those who don't reach your lofty standards, God will be compassionate to you. So I think the lesson of this morning is God is going to judge us on the way we treat others. And we might want to remember that when we run into somebody who seems to be less fortunate or not quite good at all. Well, that is the good news. Thanks be to God. Now, let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we do thank you this morning we could be here together, especially on this Labor Day weekend as we thank you for the ability to work and for the ability to support ourselves. As we thank you for all those who work around us and make our lives possible, we give you thanks. We pray this morning for all those who suffer, for the victims of hurricanes and floods and disasters around the world, for the people in Afghanistan who are beginning new and kind of scary lives, for all those in America who served in Afghanistan and are tor tortured over the fate of those who couldn't get out. We lift our prayers. We lift our prayers for the hungry and for the homeless, for the victims of other wars and natural disasters all over. We lift our prayers in gratitude for those who help. <coughs> Excuse me. We pray for the medical personnel and the police officers and firefighters and the teachers and all those who give up their lives to help others. We pray for the utility workers and the farmers bringing in their crops. We pray for one another as we remember the words that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you and make God's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up the light of God's countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thank you for watching this. Take God's blessing with you throughout the week. Thank you.